Welcome to the Listics AFL podcast, where we analyze AFL list building, free agency, trade, and the draft. We're also working to help everyone achieve their best possible mental health, and we'd like to acknowledge our podcast partners, Beyond Blue. If you're feeling low, anxious, or you need to talk to someone, please contact the team at Beyond Blue. You can call them anytime on 1300 22 46 36, or visit them at the website at www.beyondblue.org.au. Now, without further ado, I'm John Van Norden. And I'm Sean Lewis, and it's Listics Podcast Time. And we are recording. Um, it's actually working this time, I'm pretty sure. Uh, we Sorry, we, we've been trying to get this going for um, listeners. We've been trying to get this going for about 20, 30 minutes now. Um, but we are finally here recording our annual episode with the team at Rookie Me. Um, so, Shawnee, it's great to see you. Give us a quick um, a quick hello, and then let's pass on to the team to introduce themselves. Yeah, no problems. Hey, everyone. Nice to be back. Um, we've had a couple of week hiatus, and it's it's good to be back podcasting, one. And secondly, it's our favorite podcast of the year with our friends over at Rookie Me Central. So um, I'll pass over to a familiar voice in Peter, and I'll let you take it away and um, pass over to the team. Yeah, for sure. Look, it's a really exciting time for us, obviously, coming into the draft. Looking forward to, uh, you know, not too far away, a couple of weeks. So uh, excited about the name change from Draft Central to Rookie Me Central. Just going to open a lot more doors and, you know, the content's going to be the same. So it's a really exciting time. And, I mean, it it shows the growth of the, uh, I guess, organisation as a whole. The fact that we've gone from... Couple of, a few years ago, it was just Michael and I, and then we had Michael, Ed, and I last year, and and now we got Michael, Ed, I, Declan, and Michael all in uh in this chat, which means we have less teams, but it means we got more people to discuss trades with. So it's going to be a very exciting time. So uh, I'll throw it over to the the man who probably knows the most, uh, in Michael. Uh, introduce yourself, Michael. That's very flattering, Pete. Um, hi, everyone. I'm Michael Alvaro, draft editor, editor excuse me, at Rookie Me Central. Um, yeah, as, as Pete sort of mentioned, they're just really excited to um, finally get to the sort of crux of things and, and what we've been working towards all year. Um, phantom drafts are usually a good sign of that. So, um, yeah, very much looking forward to it, as is always the case. Um, I'll let the rest of the team introduce themselves. Ed, if you'd want to go first. Uh, yeah, I'm glad to be back on for this again. It's always a nice, fun experience to do. And it's really good that we've got such a close draft as well with uh, a lot of players in that first first round to second round so close together. It's going to be very interesting to see who uh, bolts up and who slides around. And um, and yeah, uh, Declan, introduce yourself. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm Declan and really excited to be on. Usually an outsider just listening to this. So good to be able to have an impact and hopefully uh, get involved in some of the trading. I'll jump in to finish it off, boys. Uh, so my name's Micah. This is my first year with uh, Rookie Me Central and first time on the podcast as well. So looking forward to getting stuck into it. Well, you're, you're a natural, Micah. You, you sensed that there was a gap left for you and you and you jumped in and took it. So thank you for that. Um, and thanks again for being here, guys. I mean, uh, everyone that's been listening to the podcast for years uh, knows that we love this podcast and also knows that Really, Sean and I have struggled to get anywhere near as many podcasts out this year as we would normally love to. A um, lot of stuff going on in life, um, and it, it sort of has meant that we've spent a little bit less time doing the stuff that we love um, in podcasting, um, a little bit more time doing other stuff that we love, um, which is which has been great for us. And 
um you know that we always focus on our mental health as well so um it's been a it's been a pretty big year for that and really mine's pretty good at the moment um i'm feeling uh pretty balanced compared to where i was i reckon three weeks ago there was a weekend um where my uh we were lucky enough to buy a house but the settlement fell through um and i had all of my stuff in a storage unit and was sleeping on the ground uh so it was a rough couple of days where I was trying to work that out, but um, my head's in a better space now and I'm feeling pretty good. I'll pass over to you, Sean, but then I will also might just throw to the room, um, just so that you know, if you haven't listened to the podcast many times, we, um, we like to be pretty open about our mental health. This is more just an invitation to, you don't have to accept it, um, but to talk about if there's anything that's going on that you, um, you feel grateful for or uh, it just might feel nice to air, feel free to do it. Um, this is sort of the space for it. Shawnee? Yeah, thanks, John. Um, yeah, going pretty well at the moment. It's been a bit difficult with our little girl for more recently. She's just decided not to uh, not to be the best sleeper, um, which which definitely gives you better like a bit of fatigue and, and you're kind of just not quite 100% yourself. So um, my wife and I have been trying to balance that out between us and, you know, it's always nice to have that teammate to work through it with you. Um Apart from that, everything else is going well, works great. We've been lucky enough to find another house ourselves um, after selling ours. So um, lots of exciting times ahead and a, and a bit of probably um, anxiousness coming up with, with obviously the move and our settlements and stuff. So uh, we'll work through that and, and hopefully um, hopefully it's all good. So. Um, I'll throw it over to the, the Rookie Me Central guys. And, and as John said, it's an invitation. So if you want to jump in, feel free. If not, we can move on and, and um, jump into the draft. Uh, well, I guess I'll just sort of say on behalf of the team, obviously it's been a tough year with footy and uh, everything getting out, but hopefully it's more looking towards the future. Uh, and hopefully next year will be a better year, I think. Um, and yeah, yeah. Uh, Hopefully, um, all things going well. It's looking a lot better. And, uh, yeah, I, I guess for all the footballers and staff and clubs that are out there, um, they're going to get a better crack next year. And, uh, yeah, basically that. Um, looking forward to that kind of thing. It's It's been a rough, well, probably a couple of years. And um, it's things like this that uh, we look forward to and we're able to get a part of and getting around people, which is great. Oh, well said, mate. Um uh, yeah, and and same for all listeners. Um, you know that we're always here to to talk about this type of stuff. I've been lucky enough over the years to share a few good um, good DMs with people who were who are dealing with different things. Um, always happy to chat. Um, uh, we'll we will hand over just before we start the draft though. We're going to hand over to um, we're going to hand over to Peter just to talk about the the pool as a whole. Um, give us a little bit of an introduction before we kick off with. Um, the announcement of which clubs um, it, we're all drafting for and um, and we get going. Yeah, so I mean, I'll, I won't spend too much uh, time on it because I know how uh, how many experts are in this sort of chat. So um, basically, look, I think it's been referred to generally as the midfielders draft as a rule of thumb. There are some great tools at the top end. There's a, a, a few um, key position players and they've sort of made their way up from, I guess, the start of the year right through until... Um, you know, towards the end, uh, the championships, things like that. Uh, and there's, like any year, there's been some bolters and sliders. Um, but as a general rule of thumb, there's a lot of midfielders in this draft. Next year's got a, quite a few key position players. 
Uh, it's quite interesting. I think what will come from this draft is I'm interested to see a lot of the players because I feel like there's a lot of players that are that were considered maybe top five or top ten at the start of the year that are probably either late first rounder or potentially second rounder uh, at the moment. I feel like that's quite a few of them um, in that boat. So it'll be interesting whether they hold their value or slide. Uh, and similarly, uh, perhaps some of the South Australians and WA players that uh, you know, we're able to play at the champs. Perhaps they they go a bit higher than perhaps we thought earlier in the year. So it's going to be interesting to see uh, where players land in terms of value, um, whether it's off viewing or, or perhaps whether it's off, you know, uh, reputation from past years. It's, it's going to be a very interesting draft based on the varied sort of uh, viewings. Yeah, no, well said. Um, it is one of the more interesting things that we've been sort of thinking about as well is that, uh, are certain players sliding just purely due to um, a few poor games early uh, and then no ability to show that that form has turned around. Um, so it'd be really interesting to see it play out um, on the night and play out over the next couple of years as we get to see these guys play. Um, but just before we kick off, uh, I think we go through the teams quickly just to announce who's going to be drafting for who. So I'm just going to through going to go through alphabetically um, Micah is drafting for Adelaide, and you're an Adelaide fan, aren't you, Micah? Yep, I am. Looking forward to it. Lucky. Um, and Michael, you've got Brisbane. Uh, Peter has Carlton and Collingwood. Uh, Ed has Essendon. Ed, you're Essendon, is that right? Uh, yep, Essendon. Good uh, man. St. Kilda and Peter's Sydney. Collingwood. Sorry, Peter's. Co- oh no, sorry. I was more just talking about you as a fan. Um, are, are you oh, an sorry. Essendon fan as well? Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and. and yeah, that's good. I said Peter's Carlton Collingwood. Um, no, Disney is, Peter, do you support Collingwood? Yeah, yeah, I'm Collingwood. Michael's uh, Carlton, but that's all right. Um, I'm happy to, you know, have a bit of fun with that pick. Yeah, yeah. I, I trust I trust Peter, so um, <laughs> I'm hoping that, that he'll do okay for the Blues tonight. <laughs> he did threaten me before this, so. <laughs> oh, good man. Um, I've got Frio, uh, Geelong and Gold Coast are both with Micah. Declan has the Giants. Sean has Hawthorne and Melbourne. Uh, Michael, you've got North Melbourne with pick one. Uh, Declan has Port Adelaide. Peter has Richmond. Um, As Ed mentioned earlier, he's got St Kilda and Sydney as well. Declan has West Coast and I've got the Western Bulldogs. So we'll hear who's going to be drafting for each club as we sort of talk about it anyway. But we are going to be going through in a standard order. We'll try to chop it up and have a little bit of a break between the first and the second round so that we can just get through a quick summary and and start another episode for you. Um, but, Sean, you're going to be um, Gil, really, for the first round here. So um, feel free to announce who's on the clock and um, let's get this thing Let's get this thing moving. Sounds good, mate. I'm excited. Um, I'll put my Gil hat on. And with pick number one, we have Michael representing North Melbourne. You're on the clock, mate. Let's go. All right. Well, um, it is with great pleasure that I um, sort of wield this pick. I, I know the responsibility I hold here, um, and I know a lot of North Melbourne fans are very invested um, in, in whose name gets called out. And I think while the bidding or the allure of bidding um, is certainly there, I'm going to go with the player that I ranked number one in my rankings, um, and that's Jason Horn francis Excellent pick. Do you want to give a little um, overview of 
Jason Horn Francis for the uh, listeners at home? Certainly. Um, well, he's just that really explosive, aggressive sort of midfielder. He's probably one of the more competitive players I think we've seen come through in recent times. And, um, you know, he's had just a wealth of senior experience over the last couple of years and, and just proven a game changer. Um, so he's a kid with so much potential, a midfielder who can also roll forward and kick goals, sort of comparable to, to guys like Dangerfield and Fife in that aspect. So just an absolute gun and certainly deserving of that pick one honour. Absolutely. Um, now with pick two, we're over to GWS and Declan. Uh, yeah, well, I, I was told prior to coming on that we love trades here and I've actually pre-organised one with uh, Richmond. So, Pete, do you want to you wanna do the honours? Yeah, so we were bantering back a bit. Uh, he was trying to rip me off a fair chunk. <laughs> Um, but what we've worked out is uh, GWS will give pick two and GWS's third rounder next year in exchange for Richmond's pick seven, 15, and their second rounder next year, which is Richmond's one. Seven, 15. And Richmond's round two. Alrighty. So we'll just update that. Um, so Giants round three was it to yeah to Richmond as well. It's a good trade. Exactly what I was looking at earlier was um, uh, six and eight at Frio worth trying to get up to that pick, but. Um, I don't think I was quick enough to, to even get an offer in there. And did you guys work out points or do you want to just talk through the reasoning for the trade? And then um, Peter can jump on the clock. Yeah, I, I guess uh, points probably don't matter too much with picks so high. I think you're, you're going for the player and obviously Pete would have a couple in mind at this selection that are um, sort of seen as maybe above the options that will be there at 7 and 15. Yeah, I mean, you, you know you're going to get a great player with this selection. Um, so I think for Richmond, it was a case of if we couldn't get a deal done with GWS, we'd probably look at a, a Gold Coast or an Adelaide. So I, I think there's a few players, and I think the player or one of the two players they want might go just before their selections anyway. But now we've sort of jumped up ahead of those players. So now it's almost like you're, you're getting someone different to who they might think you'd get on draft night, but you couldn't overlook them. So... Um, in saying that, though, <laughs> I think we have know to, what's coming. Yeah, we have to do what they would do in normal. I, I think what GWS would do, and it is looking this way. I'm not doing it just because uh, uh, it helps me. But uh, based on pick two and what GWS would have done, is they would have gone Sam Darcy with the next selection. So I bid Sam Darcy with pick two for the Bulldogs, whoever the Bulldogs is. Yeah. Who's that? Is that John? Who's yeah, the Bulldogs is me. Um, just annihilate so many of my picks that I thought might get a little boost um, by a day cost bid before then. Um, but that's okay. So you can wipe out pick 23, 43, 44, and 45. And 52. Well, slide back. Two. 
Give us an estimate. Is it going to be in the third round? We'll slide back to the start of the fourth. Okay, cool. I must admit, John, I do I do remember now I'm thinking about it. A few years ago when I was Collingwood and you bid on Quaynor, so I'm getting back. <laughs> <laughs> Got a lot of memory. That, and that it, look, that's, that's the reality of how it plays out too as well. Clubs being vindictive over um, earlier bids. So I, um, I fully respect and um, appreciate the way that the system works. Um, I'll insert, um, I'll make sure I drop everyone back now and, um, yeah, well, you might want to wait another pick. Um, so obviously (laughs) as much as look, I would love right now, obviously I'm Collingwood, so it would make sense for me to go, you know what? Wouldn't help me, but in, in realistic fashion, I will go with uh, a bit on Nick Dacos now, because obviously that's the right thing to do as much as I would. Love the laugh of uh, being able to save a pick. But, yeah, I, I would go pick three with Nick Dacos. Uh, and surprise, surprise, I'm going to match my bid. So. Yep. <laughs> so by going to pick three. Sean, you just annihilated the numbering system no, that you, I had at the ins- side. You inserted a row, mate. No. At least we're getting it done early in the piece. Yeah, so. that's true. Um, I mean... As Collingwood um, as well, I mean, I know why I would be stoked with Sam Darcy, which I haven't gone through and, and done the review. Um, but Western Bulldogs have got to be, I mean, one of the luckier clubs in terms of how these father-sons have come at the right time um, and academy players, sorry. So being able to snare the number one player in the competition last year as a as a key position and, and then get to the another top three um, in the land player um, as another developing tall uh, really sets them up well when they're already competing for, for flags um, and tops them up in the areas that they need to make an improvement and step forward in as well. Um, big kid, Sam Darcy, uh, tall, athletic, kicked a few really big bags earlier in the year. I would have loved to have seen a full season um, to sort of see where he ends it up, but um, very happy to take him with pick two, and um, we obviously traded the picks to make sure that we would have enough to match the bid. Um, but did you want to give us a quick rundown on um, what Collingwood would be getting with Dacos? Uh, yeah, well, they'd be getting a ready-made player, so that's pretty important. He'll be best twenty-two, you think, from you know day dot. Um, they already said earlier this year that he'd probably have got games uh, in you know in the AFL this year, so uh, he's a natural ball winner. Um, just racks it up, averaged over 30 touches a game at NAB League, uh, stood out in the academy game, won plenty of it there. He's had a couple of 40-touch games as well. Um, he can hit the scoreboard. Um, He's he sort of just got that ability to uh, impact around the ground and everything like that. So I, I think that, uh, you know, the consensus is they're going to get a fantastic player. Um, he's obviously a lot more advanced than his brother was. Uh, and, yeah, I think he'll probably play off a half-forward flank to start with in his career and then gradually move into the midfield, I guess, similar to what, what his brother did. But, he's yeah, he's, he's more ready-made. So definitely as a, as a Collingwood fan, looking forward to what he produces. We need a bit of luck uh, and, and a few quality players coming in. So he's definitely fits that bill. Yeah, awesome. Sorry, I've just got someone coming into my house, so I'm going to run to the front door. But um, you're up for the next pick anyway, Sean. You're going to be oh, managing it. So oh, just before, oh, yeah, Sean's got the oh. how much it cost. So you've yeah. lost pick 36, pick 38, pick 40, and pick 46. Yeah. Um, 
that is rather annoying. <laughs> He's left, I must admit, because I was going to then put something to him um, about his six and eight. Uh, <laughs> so, um, yeah, I don't know if he wanted to consider something to do with six and eight, given he was interested for it. Um, he should be back in just yeah. a second. Because if I can trade mine for six and eight and I'll give him uh, something coming back, I'd have a potential first rounder next year. Um, and I can chuck in a 20, one of the 20s and maybe a later pick from him. Yeah, I'm trying to, <laughs> I guess you keep moving it up in the spreadsheet. I'm looking, going, hang on, which ones am I? That's all right. We're almost sorted. And John sounds like he's on his way back. Cool. Come on, big fella. We've got a trade on the clock here. What's the trade? Let's talk it um, out. Oh, well, I, I was just going to put it to John, given that he had interest in getting that GWS pick, whether or not before I select if there was a trade he wanted to do for that six and eight, and then I can potentially send, obviously, another pick back with that. So six and eight's now eight and ten. Mm. I'm going to make an executive decision on his behalf and say no trade. Oh, no, I'm sending something back. I wanted to find out what he wanted, whether it was like a first rounder next year or the picks in the 20s. That's more. I reckon he's got two in mind, then he's pretty happy to pick there. So let's keep going. Richmond's on the clock. Who are we taking? All right. Well, in that case, uh, I will go with Finn Callahan for my selection. Thanks. Finn Callahan. Do you want to talk us through um, the reasoning and uh, give us a bit of an overview of him? Uh, yeah, like obviously he's uh, you know one of the quality midfielders. Uh, he's one that really shot up this year. He was probably around that first round mark uh, at the start of the year, and he's really shot up into that top five calculation. Outside the um, you know bidding players, he's considered the the next best from Victoria. So. Um, yeah, he, he's able to play that midfield role, uh, does it really well. He's, he's that outside player, has spent the occasional time inside, but he's definitely that outside player. Um, you know, he uses it so well, his decision-making, his kick, and he's, he's just one of those players I think any club would love to have. Uh, and like I sort of said before with the trade, Richmond have their eye on a few others, but the fact that we were able to get up the order and obviously he's on the board, it's, it's the logical selection. Yeah, absolutely. And I think Finn Callahan would be a natural replacement for um, Trent Cochin or um, something like that as they as they go on. And they've obviously got a few nice young developing midfielders there as well. So yeah. they're trying to set themselves up for a prolonged crack by the sounds of it. Yeah. Um, over to Micah, who has the next two picks. First is Gold Coast and then is Adelaide. So all yours, mate. Thanks, mate. I was a little bit disappointed that Declan traded out of that spot because I was kind of hoping that Declan was my only chance of Finn Callahan sliding down a Gold Coast. But nevertheless, I'm just looking at the board and thinking um, we've got Sam Collins as a key position defender. We've got Charlie Ballard as a key position defender. And I think I want to add to those key position stocks. So I'm going to go Josh Gibkiss uh, for Gold Coast at pick five. And... Reasoning there is just obviously being the best key position defender, but maybe talk us through his style, how he's going to fit in the side. Yeah, for sure. I, th- I think he is the best key defender um, on the board. I think um, 
good interceptor, but can also um, negate one-on-one as well. I think he is going to develop into the kind of key position defender that can actually really have a have an influence, intercept, and then and then rebound as well. So um, super athletic, um, the talent's there. I think he'll transition nicely to AFL level, and I think he'll be a good fit for the Gold Coast. Sounds like the right player. Um, and now over to Adelaide. Yeah, back on the board. So, again, Finn Callahan would have been the absolute dream here, um, but unfortunately that's not going to happen. The Crows just kind of lack A-graders, I think, at this point. Um, and so adding sort of a bit of X-factor and some A-grade potential, I'm going to go perhaps a little bit early for some, but I'm going to go Josh Rochelle at this pick. Um, the small forwards that we got on the list at the moment don't have a whole lot of X-factor, uh, probably more defensively orientated than, than what Rochelle is. I think he can bring, bring some real class and um, some real, uh, I guess, yeah, X-factor to the Adelaide forward line. And hopefully he can sort of develop a little bit for uh, his midfield craft a little bit further. And so he can hopefully pinch it a little bit in the midfield. But what I'm really looking for for him is just to be able to have an influence in the forward line. And um, we, we've gone Phil Thorpe last year. Um, so we've got a nice key position forward for the future and hopefully um, a riding mate to go with him in Joshua Shelley. Nice. I do really like the pick. Um, I also have a sneaking suspicion they may be sniffing around Erasmus. Is that, would that have appealed to you? I'd love that as well. Erasmus was the second name I had on the list and I've been pretty open about how much I like him as a prospect. I think he's got a lot of upside as well. And again, a big body mid that can go forward is something that would definitely be um, on our list of needs um, at Adelaide. So he equally would be um, a really good fit for us at pick six. Um, but I couldn't go past Rochelle. Um Hopefully, sort of we're looking at the next Toby Green, I think. Um, so that'd be be really nice to add to our forward line. Absolutely. That's high praise. Um, love it for the boy from Shepparton. Um, it's me next, Hawthorne. Um, so I've now been spoilt for choice here. Um, I've got a few on here, but um, I'm going to go with the, probably the best key forward in the draft. I'm going to pick Jai Amiss. Um, probably a little bit of a surprise. I know that there's been a lot of linkage between Josh Ward and Hawthorne, but I just looked at their list before and before this episode and I was doing a bit of a review on it and they really lack um, genuine high-quality key position players. Um, they've got some great developing guys like Mitch Lewis and um, Jacob Kaczynski down forward, Connor Nash obviously on the rookie list. I still think they're lacking a real A-grade forward um, and... and um, Jack Gunston's obviously the wrong side of 30 now. So picking Jai Miss is a really clean set of hands. Lovely kick. Um, I think he topped the Waffle Colts goal kicking this year with over 50 goals. Um, just a standout. I did think about a midfielder. However, obviously without trading out any midfielders this year, like your Tom Mitchells and your Warples and O'Meara's, um, they're going to be on the list next year. Any midfielder you draft this year is probably going to end up stuck behind them for another year. So let's start building the keys either end um, and move on. And I also would have, wouldn't have minded Gibkiss at this selection um, as well. So um, I'll move on to John with Fremantle and pick eight. You're on the clock, mate. Thanks, mate. Um, there's a couple of players I really like here. And I know that there's a couple of players that have been linked to Frio with these early selections and a lot of pressure on them. Um, 
mainly from fans to select local players after Chera moved in the off season. Um, I probably don't think that I would select a player purely based upon the state that they were raised in um, at this pick, but with Erasmus on the board and probably um, as equally rated as some of the midfielders around him, um, like Ward, Ward's probably the other one that I was really tossing up here. Um, I think I'm just going to lock in Erasmus, um, Erasmus at pick eight for Fremantle. Um, and Erasmus is like a lot of the things that I like in a in a player, especially in a year where we haven't been able to see all of the Victorians um, and a lot of the other states play as much football as that we would normally get to see. Uh, but he's uh, tall for a midfielder. Um, he's played some great games, has shown some great skill throughout the year as well, uh, can kick goals. And um, I think for if we were looking at, Fremantle consistently bringing in a um, a good midfielder with their first pick over the last few years. We've done that for the last few years, and I think we'll do it again here with Erasmus. Excellent, mate. Um, now moving on, GWS. I reckon I've got a sneaking suspicion who they're going here. So Declan, take it away. Yeah, it really lines up well for me. It, it kind of removes uh, all my decision-making that I would have had to make at pick two and now... Um, it's the one that we've been most linked to, and it's the one that is now highest on my personal ranking. So I'll lock in Mac Andrew at pick nine, which I think is just like a, an absolute steal at this rate. You know, I know people have their concerns about whether he's going to be able to put on weight and whether that will affect his athleticism or his play style. But I think, you know, really you're getting a kid that has such a high ceiling that it's worth the risk at any point in the draft. And, you know, I think... Um, the game that really sold him to me was the Vic Country versus Vic Metro trial match that uh, a few of us were there to watch live. And just some of the things he was doing around the ground are things that you can't really, like it's hard to really pinpoint um, a, a player at AFL level that currently does it. Like his touch at ground level for a 200 centimetre player is still something that just shocks me every time I see it. I think he's got really uh, well-developed football craft and skills for you know, a, a kid that's been through the NGA system and will typically be given that raw tag. But I think that he's really uh, well-developed at this stage. And the only concern that I think is warranted is, you know, over his size and whether he'll become a ruck at the next level. But, you know, again, I think his athleticism is so good that he could uh, fill in a role anywhere. Yeah, it's a really interesting one. Um, John and I actually were talking about this the other day and talking about how... Obviously, Mac Andrews being linked up as high as um, GWS's first pick, which would have been pick four um, after the bidding, um, which we found fascinating because you think about Luke Jackson when he went and the body of work he had to put in to get rated that high, and Mac Andrew just doesn't have any of that backing, and so it's it's a really fascinating kind of draft, and you see the impact of COVID without those runs on the board. We're looking purely at that you know, amazing athletic profile that he has and obviously snippets through games. Um, but he clearly has a huge ceiling um, and it'll just be interesting to see um, where he falls on draft night. And if he falls to this pick, I mean, GWS will be very happy because they got their man. Um, but I think, yeah, like just as a, I guess as an amateur observer, I, I still wonder like without the body of work on the board for a, a prospect like him, um, how how he's going to develop. 
I've got a trade just while I thought before John goes. Um, I just thought up something. I've been looking in my pick calculator. Now, John, you can turn this down. But I looked and pick 26 and pick 27 of Richmond for pick 10 is an exact equal in points <laughs> if you're interested. I mean, I think that Freo would entertain something around this pick. I think that the hard thing for them um, in terms of players available um, without giving away too many of the players that I like at the first round, I think I mentioned Ward at my last pick. Um, The fact that he would still be available at this pick could be really, really appealing. Um, I think that they would have to consider it, though, um, mainly because there's not enough data... um, to say with precision that all of these players in this middle range here are going to be um, gone by those picks and also are all going to be guns. Um, it's such a hard draft to pick from. So having multiple later picks uh, could be something that's really considered. I think that the only way that they'd consider it is if it was overpaying as in um, all three picks um, with like a later pick going back the other way, maybe 53 or something. But even then, I think I would find it hard to part with this pick. Um, and I don't think that Richmond would be willing to give up all three of those selections. Yeah, that's probably probably a bit much. Um, yeah, like if you had a pick, let's say mid-30s, for example, I'd probably go, yeah, all right, or, or something like that. I'd be willing to downgrade a bit, but 53 is a fair downgrade from 28. Yeah. And I know that Freo like don't have much in the future uh, to be able to do anything with as well. So it's sort of, um, it, it's one of those ones where I'd love to be able to do it, but I, I don't think that we'll be able to make it work in this case. There, there are some other options um, for Freo at this pick, um, looking for, say, a swap with GWS um, down to, I mean, Sean, could you just do the math on what um, 10 and 20 for 15 and 17 would look like 10 24 no 10 and 20 24 15 and 17 that's with you deck and um i mean i might look at that there would might be another pick coming back the other way towards um towards Fremantle to make that happen but would you be interested in something like that um sorry i didn't quite catch what the trade was there so the, the trade that I that Frio are offering um, to GWS is pick ten um, and pick twenty for the Giants picks fifteen, seventeen, and forty five. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm happy with that. Okay, um, and I mean I think it'll work out relatively even in terms of points. Um, a slight, like maybe a hundred points, coming back towards. Fremantle in that to enable the move up. Um, but Frio uh, will probably like a couple of players later in the first round and the Giants getting up and selecting another player straight after Mac Andrews is probably really beneficial for them as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I guess if my pick's going to land there, there's a few uh, really good options around here. And I think um, a, a big thing that GWS need, it, from my view, is someone with a really good kick uh, going into the forward 50 and attacking half of the ground, but, you know, a little bit of speed to them as well. So uh, I think I'm going to go with Josh Sin here. Uh, obviously touted as sort of like a top five pick coming into the year and 
unfortunately with COVID lockdowns and injuries, he just hasn't really gotten uh, out and been able to show his stuff as much as anyone would have liked. But yeah, I think he's just got all the qualities to make a really good top line midfielder if he can transition into that uh, at the next level. And, you know, even if he doesn't, I'm, I'm really confident that it will turn into a really, really good uh, just general defender. Yeah, great pick. Um, I was hoping he'd slide late for Melbourne, but no, good pick. Ed, we're over to you with St Kilda. What are we doing? Uh, now, I had a plan going into this first pick, expecting uh, a few players to be off the board, but one of them isn't, and he's not quite what I would look for in needs for the Saints, but when you've got a first-round pick, uh, especially in a draft like this, you just pick the best available talent. I mean, you look for needs through the uh, trade period, and I just can't let Ben Hobbs go any further, so I'll be selecting Ben Hobbs. Talk us through the fit. Um, and what he's like as a player. Yeah, so Hobbs is just a contested animal. I mean, he just loves to win win the hard ball. He's very clean at stoppages. He works hard both inside and outside as well. Even though his outside game isn't as polished as, say, a, a Dacos is, he still can get to those spots and still rack up plenty of the ball. Uh, doesn't mind going forward and kicking a goal as well. And even spend some time at half-back playing in under-16s uh, as well. So... He's a bit more versatile than it would seem, and he's not as, uh, I think a question has been his athleticism, but I don't think it's actually that bad. I mean, he's got a fairly good leap. Uh, He's not super quick, but I think he's quick enough, and um, I think he's just going to be an elite midfielder uh, for years to come, and he he can pretty much play round one. Awesome. Good pick for the Saints there. Um, We'll move over to West Coast with pick 12, and Declan, take us away. Um, yeah, so this is a bit of a difficult one because obviously Josh Ward's still on the board and I'm, I wasn't really expecting that. Um, I know that probably in a consensus rankings, he's going to be rated higher than Matt Johnson, but I think the local factor of Matt Johnson, and I think that he's just got a touch more athleticism about him and he's probably a little bit uh, cleaner with his kicking around the ground. So I'll lock him in to help sort of kickstart West Coast rebuild from the midfield. Good selection there. Talk us through. Um, yeah, yeah, he's just a really good midfielder. Um, obviously, he's sort of performed to a high level at all levels of competition that he's played. Even in you know his seniors appearances where his stats line you know wasn't too flattering, he was playing sort of more of as a permanent forward than giving any meaningful time in the midfield, and he was still you know impacting the game and and getting really effective uh, possessions inside fifty. So. Yeah, I, I think that he's sort of the perfect player for West Coast to inject into their midfield, which is desperately needing some uh, some youth. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. And to be honest, I actually had him under consideration with Hawthorne because I felt he was something different to what they have. Um, and probably a bit the same with West Coast. He's just a bit of a different sort of midfielder to what they already have. So I think it's a good selection. Um, and we'll move over to Essendon with Ed. Yeah, so um, I'm, I'm happy that at least one of the two players I really wanted at this pick are on the board. And um, I think Essendon really do need a, a taller midfielder to help balance out that midfield. I mean, they've got Parrish, they've got McGrath, and they've got Merritt, who are all smaller midfielders, but they definitely need some more height in there. And I can't see them going past a, uh, a local lad in Josh Goda as a uh, very, very quick and very uh, 
exciting midfielder. I mean, his kicking has been the main concern, but I mean, he's just got incredible athleticism, uh, can play half forward, half back as well. Uh, and, you know, the local factor as well. I mean, he's played one VFL game for Essendon as well, so they'd have to know uh, everything about him really. And, um, I mean, there's a lot of players I really consider this pick that are worthy, but I think Goda definitely suits Essendon's list better. No, great selection. Um, we're over to Declan again with Port Adelaide, and surely Josh Ward doesn't slip any further. Uh, look, I'm, I've decided I'm not going to make the selection. Uh, I've, I've done another little trade with Pete, uh, so he can go into detail about that one. Uh, yeah, so Richmond have offered up 26 and 27 for 14 and 55. We were right on the clock until Ed's selection um, because I thought Ed might have taken this player, um, but he didn't. So I'm pretty happy. Um, but yeah, 14 and 55 for 26 and 27 for Richmond. Yep. Uh, and I cannot read this name out quick enough, Josh Ward. Yes. So um, yeah, when he was still on the board, that was the one I would have... Uh, picked either him or uh, Hobbs when I was offering uh, John the deal. And then, yeah, with, with Ward still on the board, I just couldn't, yeah, let him go anymore because I know Tigers fans would consider him with their original pick seven in the AFL draft. So the fact that they've been able to trade up, um, look, I mean, we've got Callahan and Ward. So I think, you know, they've got to be pretty happy with that. Yeah, they'd be stoked. Um, they've basically rebuilt their midfield um, mm. for the future. So... Uh, um, yeah, so the a deal was 26 and 27 uh, going that way uh, to Port, and then we get 55 back. Yeah, so I've just updated the 55, and there's 26 and 27. Beautiful. And with that, John, Frio's back on the clock. Um, pick away. Yeah, um, I don't know. Tough to know where to go for Frio. I always find that, especially when a club is split, um, like as in 15 and 17 um, here, that, you know, you, you want to try to get both the players that you want, um, but I'm not sure if that's going to be available to them. So I reckon at this pick, um, go a little bit early and select a needs player um, in JVR. Um and Van Royen is a player who's played some really good footy for, um, I mean, all year for both Colts, um, kicking bags of goals and playing well as a defender, but um, played some good games for WA too. Uh, and just based on where Frio's list is in terms of needs, uh, the fact that a miss was off the board early as well, um, I think that he's probably the right pick at 15 for Freo. Good selection, I agree. Um, moving on to Brisbane with Michael. Yep. Um, I'm absolutely gutted with pretty much the last five or so picks because most of the, well, all of the players that I was targeting and hoping would slide through to this pick 16 are gone. So, um, look, luckily enough, in, in somewhat of a reprieve, there's still one of the classiest players in this draft pool available. And it might not suit a need as much as I would have liked. Um, but I can't go past Nasiah Wanganin Miller. Great selection. Talk us through what he's like and how he's going to fit in at Brisbane. Yeah, I mean, look, in terms of fitting in at Brisbane, probably, yeah, as I said, not an, a needs-based selection, but on pure class, um, 
you know, he's pretty much second to none in this draft pool. Um, he can carve up the opposition with his kicking. He's got a few tricks in that he's agile. Uh, he's pretty quick on the outside. So he's a wingman and um, Brisbane probably need some running outlets. They're not going to get it off half back like they might have wanted, but they're going to get it up um, outside of midfield and, uh, you know, having gained some senior experience and looks so good at uh, under-19 representative level. Nazai uh, Wanganin miller is, uh, yeah, an undeniable sort of pick here for me. Well, great choice. Um, very, very good selection as well. Um, John, next with Frio again. Yeah, I know. Um, tough spot to pick. Uh, there's a couple of really good players on the board, players that have been up higher in the rankings as well earlier in the year and slid due to a combination of inconsistency and um, and lack of playing time. But I think at this pick, Frio are going to lock in their first non-West Australian player and select uh, Tyler Sonzi. Um, and Sonzi's an interesting prospect because I think that he started... Um, I think there's a couple of players like this. He started the year as sort of a um, in and around the top 10, um, sometimes up around the top five as well, um, depending on how early we're going back in the year. Um, and sort of slid with a combination of um, up and down performances uh, and lack of playing time. I think that if um, Metro had been able to play some championships games, um, then he probably would have been higher. Um, his game earlier in the year for Hawthorne VFL team was really impressive too. Um, and I think he'll probably be able to make an impact at AFL level. Um, but for me, it was I think that he's um, one of the better players still available on the board. Good choice. Um, now we'll move over to Ed with Sydney. All right. Now, this pick's a little bit tougher because I do have a few players I, I like uh, a little bit more than the player I'm going to select, but uh, I think Sydney will go for needs here, and I feel they really do need a big inside mid to uh, take over from Josh Kennedy, and I'm going to select Mitch Nevitt. Oh, big surprise here. Um, talk us through, uh, obviously you've said he's a big body mid, but um, talk us through, I guess, the way he plays. Um, is he going to fit into that JPK role or is he going to kind of make it his own? Yeah, so um, he's one who just got better and better as the year went on. I mean, he, he he's missed quite a lot of footy and uh, he, he's just one with good athleticism. He's not, a, even though he's a tall mid, he's not a big, strong mid. So he's still got a lot of uh, development left to go. So, I mean, give him another three to four years and he's just going to be an absolute bull. I mean, he's a he's a running machine. He's one of the better endurance players in this year's draft. He's actually pretty quick, unsurprisingly. Unsur- uh, and his uh, marking overhead is also not too bad either. So, he definitely has a lot to offer uh, as a upside pick as well, but as definitely shown in the later parts of the year with some of his disposal numbers and, and consistency that uh, he, he could very well find find uh, himself in the top 20 come come the draft. No, I like it. Um, now, number pick 19, it's Melbourne. Um, I'm very, very confused here because there's three players I have on my list still available or actually four, that one of them was a bit of a backup of a backup. Um, but I'm going to go with uh, the highest ceiling. I think with Melbourne, we're looking for um, mid-depth, 
um, key position depth and flexibility. So I'm going to pick uh, Arlo Draper, who is going to offer a little bit of everything. He's a he's a midfielder who can play forward, um, has excellent forward craft, nice mark overhead, um, also loves getting in on the inside, plays through the midfield. He's a very much um, kind of the Melbourne prototype at the moment. I also think that at this selection and with Melbourne's list in the state it's in, they have the advantage of just kind of being able to pick a player that could potentially end up better than the pick. And I think Arlo Draper, out of all the ones I was looking at, definitely offers that the most. So um, now over to Michael with pick 20 in Brisbane. Yeah, uh, so having not so much field in need with that last pick, we've still got some outside run for Brisbane there. Um but I'm going to go for the running defender that they probably want instead of pouncing on a taller, maybe a tad early. Um, and that's going to be Darcy Wilmot. Oh, you suck. <laughs> <laughs> not, not for that reason. Not for that reason. He's just handed Ed a gift and he's really not I mean, happy. It's taken it. a while for the, for the Pete sigh after someone takes yeah. his player. I mean, it was going to happen. I was trying to ruin your day. It wasn't my player. I was hoping he'd ruin your day, but he doesn't. No, look, I think him. Ed's Ed's actually one who who hasn't yet um, made a pick that has absolutely shattered my entire existence. So I'll look <laughs> after him. So, so you're <laughs> saying you don't like his picks, and therefore, you know, you got to get throw him a bone. No, well, look, we've got to look after each other. <laughs> Good save. Um, Talk us quickly through um, Darcy Wilmot and um, as a player and probably as, as a fit as well, um, and then we can whip back through the first round. Yeah, can't talk highly enough about Darcy Wilmot. He's um, absolute leadership material um, as, as a defender. He's pretty versatile too, so absolutely tough as they come, um, but also has a bit of flair about him. So he's quick. He loves to take the game on. He's a real line breaker. I think that's what Brisbane sort of – um, you know, needing at the moment. It's what a few of the fans want. Um, probably want some key position depth too, but I just think that Wilmot's such a great fit for him, having missed out on guys like Sin and Goda. Um, I think that getting Wilmot is a very, very apt kind of replacement there. Nice. Awesome. Um, and we're just moving back through the first rounds. Um, so uh, interesting. Uh, this is probably the shortest first round in the last five years. Um, mostly because the lack of academy um, prospects or being able to have full access to academy prospects. So in previous years, this would have been at least one pick deeper um, because Mac Andrew would have been matched by Melbourne. Absolutely. Um, so interesting to see how that plays out. That also, I mean, as you sort of see, the further you get down, um, it brings other players which are academy prospects into and around that early 20s range where you can get other bids. So interesting to see, as I said, a shorter first round and just whipping through from the top, Horn Francis um, with the with number one selection. Uh, Sam Darcy, number two over Nick Dacos, which will surprise a few, but Dacos, three, uh, Finn Callaghan in four, Gibkiss, five, Rochelle in six, Amiss in seven, Erasmus, eight, Mac Andrew in nine, Josh Sin 10, Ben Hobbs 11, Matt Johnson 12, Josh Goda 13. Uh, pick 14 was Josh Ward, 15 to Fremantle was JVR, uh, Jacob Van Ruyen, 16, Naziah Wanganin Malera, and 17, Tyler Sonzi, 
18, Mitch Nevitt, 19, Arlo Draper, and 20, Darcy Wilmot. So that's the first round completed. Now we are going to um, record a second round and even potentially a third round, time permitting. Um, but we're going to wrap up the podcast now and um, and say thank you for listening. Um, and we'll be back very shortly with the second round. Thanks, guys. If you constantly worry that the worst is going to happen, you're not alone. One in four Australians will experience anxiety. No one anxiety is talking. Visit Beyond Blue to start a life beyond anxiety.